Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah. Love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. make our confession of faith together. We're in our series already one, and this message will be in that. Say every battle, every problem, already won. Say it again, every battle, every problem, already won. Now just prophesy and speak this over yourself. Say, I'm evolving. Say, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting wiser. Say, I'm becoming the best version of myself yet. Let your Bible say, let's make our confession of faith together. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing. Go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Anybody glad to be in church tonight? Would you just shout? There was a day on a Wednesday night, you'd be home from work getting ready to go somewhere else where they had music. And served other types of spirits. But now you in here with the Holy Spirit. Y'all not saying nothing. Lifting holy hands. Hallelujah. Luke 18 and 1. It says, then he spoke a parable to them. He says this, that men, now I say that means everybody, ought to always pray and not lose heart. Touch your neighbor and say, I know your issue is you don't pray enough. Say, say, that's why you keep losing your mind. Say, say, that's why you keep losing heart. Say, but tonight, the battle to pray is one you win. 
Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, as we navigate and move through this tonight. I pray that something would be stirred up, that something would be a passion to pray in ways that we've not prayed before, that that passion to pray would be stirred up in us in a powerful and significant way. And we thank you that it is so. I declare that there is no distraction that is in this atmosphere, no distraction that's on our mind, nor distraction that's on our phone, nor distraction that's in our mailbox. No, I declare we're in a distraction-free moment in time. It is a Kairos moment in time. That is when heaven invades the earth. It is when heaven now rips up the old order and invades with a new order. We are in a Kairos moment in time. We will not be distracted. We have come too far to come back now. We've made too much progress to give up now. This is our moment. This is our time. This is evolution time. This is what we've been hoping for. This is what we've been wishing for. This is what we've been praying for. But we've got to win the battle to pray. And tonight, that's the battle we win. In Jesus' name, everybody shout hallelujah. And to take your seats, I've had two or three people say the battle to pray, the battle to pray, the battle to pray, the battle to pray, the battle to pray. Now we're in a new series, as you know, already won. Every battle, every problem. Every battle, every problem. Every battle, every problem. We just have to walk out what Jesus has already worked out on the cross. And one of the ways we do that is through prayer. A battle is a fight or struggle to achieve or resist something. And in this series, we're focusing on everyday battles that we face. And one of those daily battles is the battle to pray. It's often a battle because we don't always fully understand the value of prayer. And whenever you don't understand the value of something, you won't be valiant about it. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Whenever you don't understand the value of something, you won't be valiant about it. When you don't understand your value, you won't fight for yourself. When you don't understand the value of what God has done in your life, you won't fight to preserve it. When you don't understand the value of people in your life that really genuinely care about you and love you, you won't be valiant to protect them. You'll trade somebody that's real for somebody that's fake because you don't understand how to recognize value. Somebody say, when I value it, I'll be valiant about it. Now, whatever you don't value, you won't be valued about. But we, we, we must be valiant. That means courageous. That means determined about prayer. And that's why in Luke 18, 1, Jesus says that we ought to do what? Always pray. Say always pray. Now, inferred in his statement is that we don't always pray. In fact, let's just be honest. Most of the times what we do is worry about it. And then at the end of the day, we'd be like, oh, I probably should pray about that. Most of the time when we're dealing with stuff, we I wish I had some honest folk in here at Wednesday that line. Where are the honest people out there that say, Bishop, you know what, truth be told, if you didn't do command your week prayer reminders, I probably wouldn't have prayed the whole week. But tonight, I declare something's going to be stirred up on the inside of you. Something's going to be stirred up on the inside of our church that the battle to pray is a battle we will win. We will be valiant about it, meaning we're going to be courageous and we're going to be determined. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want no more unnecessary loss. I don't want any more unnecessary failure. I don't want any more unnecessary joy. I tell you to have have your neighbor and say the battle to pray, the battle to pray. He said, men ought to always pray and not lose heart. If you come from the streets, you know heart refers to the way you handle stuff. So check it out. He says, you keep losing heart, heart. Okay, some of y'all got it, some of y'all did. But those of you that got it, just say preach, Bishop. If you're like, why did he say heart that way? Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's just inside. Okay. But uh, watch this. Uh, if you got heart, that means you have the ability to handle things and stand up to things and be courageous in things and be valiant in things. But when you don't have heart, anything and everything will knock you over and knock you down. 
Watch this. When you got heart like David, you'll stand up to Goliath. When you got heart like Jesus, you'll look at Judas and say, do what you do and do it quickly. When you, has anybody in here got some heart? But watch it. He says, men are to always pray and not lose heart. Watch this. Well, here's two indictments in his statement. The first indictment is he's saying, y'all ain't always praying. Then the second indictment is, and you wonder why you lose heart. He says, watch this, that word lose, that phrase lose heart, normally in scripture, heart is the word cardia in the Greek language of our New Testament, lem in the Old Testament, the Hebrew language. Watch this, but here, uh, lose heart is actually a phrase. Watch this, it is the word ikekio, uh, say ikekio. Okay, for my note takers, E-K-K-A-K-E-O. It means, watch this, in and out of being weak, failure and fainting. I'm going to say it again. In and out of being weak, failure, and fainting. He says, watch this. When you don't pray, you're in and out of being weak, failure, and fainting. It literally means, watch this, that you get weary. And the reason sometimes your life seems like an emotional roller coaster, Jesus said, is because you ain't praying. You're like, God, what's wrong? God says, you ain't talk to me all day. You ain't talk to me all night. And you talking about we working on a relationship. We ain't doing nothing but in a business. A business. What's this? It's a relationship. So I said, so then watch this. When you have relationship, think about it. People that you're in relationship with, you text them during the day. You talk to them during the day. You interact with them during the day. You communicate with them during the day. If something goes wrong in the day, you're like, can you believe what just happened? And God is like, why do you talk to your friends more than you talk to me? God says, they can't fix nothing. They got their own issues. But you ain't told me about your issue all day long. Oh, but the battle to pray. Somebody high five your neighbor say the battle to pray. Watch this. God says, Jesus, in this short little verse, Jesus says, you talking to everybody else about your stuff except the man that can fix it. You didn't text everybody, emailed everybody, Facebook everybody. You didn't journal to yourself, read your journal back to yourself. You didn't tweet it. You didn't Instagram, Snapchat, all of that. Got vine videos and ain't nothing changing because he says you ain't praying. He says, watch this. So the first indictment he says, he says, you're not praying. And because you're not praying, he says, that's why you're losing heart. That's why you're in and out of being weak, failure, fainting, and feeling weary. Notice though, it means in and out. You missed it. Say in and out. Say in and out. It's like, watch this. One moment you're good. And watch this. And the arrogance of the moment makes you think you don't need to pray. Y'all not talking to me. So because you're like, things are going good now. Things are going good now. So now watch this. You start breeding your own press release. So now you're like, God, I'm good. I'm good. I don't even really need to pray. Ain't nothing wrong. God says, oh, you thought the only time you pray is when something goes wrong? Prayer is about me and you having relationship. Prayer is about you communicating with me. God says, you don't just come to me when something is wrong. You come to me when something is right. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? So he says, the first indictment, he says is that we don't pray. And then the second indictment, he says, and then you wonder why you're losing heart. Why you're in and out of failure, being weak and feeling weary and wanting to faint. He says, the reason you feel that way is because you don't always pray. Say it again. That's the tweetable version. The reason you feel that way is because you don't always pray. Say always pray. Always pray. 
which means I don't wait till I get home to get on my knees on the side of my bed to pray. Prayer is not an event. Prayer is a lifestyle, which means all day long I'm praying. While I'm standing in line at the store, I'm praying. While I'm in the car wash line, I'm praying. When I'm, y'all not saying nothing. When I'm in the mall, I'm praying. Uh, when I'm at the store, I'm praying. Everywhere I go, I'm praying because I should uh, always pray. Touch your neighbor, say always pray. You lose heart because you break communication. You lose heart because you break communication. I just said something right there. You lose heart because you break communication. You break communication and wonder why you can't get to update. You can't get to update because your iCloud address has broken communication with, with the home office. So if heaven, and this is just considered the third heaven where God dwells. Okay, now watch this. If, if you are down here, you got to have consistent satellite uplinks. So you can get your updates. Yesterday, my phone, it kept, it just went off on me. And it said, there's an update we need to install. And if we don't install it, it's not going to function properly. The reason you keep not functioning properly is because you don't get the update, but you don't get the update because you wait until you get here to pray. But tonight, I speak it into your life. The battle to pray is a battle you go win. People going to look at you and say, what are you doing talking to yourself? No, baby, I'm praying because men ought to always pray. They're going to say, you look crazy. Well, it may look crazy to you, but it's the reason why I'm conquering every... Shall I always pray? So watch this. Number one, prayer isn't just a ritual that gets results. Prayer isn't just a ritual that gets results. James 5, 16, you know the scripture, I've taught it to you before. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Now, you might say, well, Bishop, when I don't, fit, when I feel like I'm done bad, I don't want to pray because I don't think I can pray. Anybody right after cussing, did you say to yourself, I can't pray? Now, put it, fill in the blank with cussing with whatever your particular issue was. Don't look at me like that, church. Like, Bishop, I've gone the whole day and sinned have I not. Well, you just lied. That's a sin. So there you go. All right? So here's the deal. When we've just done something, you get like Adam. I can't talk to him. I just did something. But God says, you're not coming to me to get forgiven. You're coming to me because we have relationship so I just want you to be honest with me about what I just watched. When God, I, can I just preach it like I want to? When God goes to Adam and he says to Adam, he says, listen, Adam, what's going on? He wasn't asking to find out information. He said, Adam, I just want to see if you're going to keep it 100 with me. Keep it 100 is an urban colloquialism. It means I just want to see if you're going to keep it real about the deal. I just want to see if you're going to tell me the truth about what I just watched. Because I just watched it. So I just want to know if you're going to tell me the truth. I want to see if you're going to run to me or run from me. Check it out. God ran to him when he messed up, but he ran away from God. I came to encourage somebody tonight. Stop running from God because you messed up. You better start running towards him. He's moving towards you. You got to move towards him. You still hear church. So watch this. What, what, what happens is this. Is he says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man. Now, say, 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 say righteous. Romans 4 says that he gives us righteousness as a free gift. So he's not saying once I get everything right, then I pray. He's saying because I've been forgiven on the cross. You missed it. I'm not asking for forgiveness to be forgiven. 
I'm asking for it to simply apply it because I've been forgiven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's kind of like when you go to the airline. When you go to the airline, you get a boarding pass, not a ticket. Why? You bought the ticket online. The boarding pass is just applying what you paid for. When I, when I, when I, when I, when, well, I wish y'all would stay with me. When I'm praying and, and telling God, God, you know, did this, did this, did this, I'm not trying to get forgiven. I'm simply using my boarding pass because it's already been paid for 2,000 years ago. So that means when I stand in front of him, I am righteous, which means I am in right standing with God. It don't matter how I messed up, how I failed, what I did. I don't go arrogantly. Instead, I go humbly knowing that his righteousness is a free gift to me. So it says the effective fervent prayers of the righteous, they do what? Avails much. Effective means they're successful in producing the desired result. You can be busy, but not be effective. You ever seen somebody like, what? What have you been doing? I did this and did this and did this. It don't look like you've done nothing to me. You're ineffective. The effective, successful in producing the intended result. Fervent. Fervent means passionate. Say passionate. It means burning with urgency. Say burning. And then it means continually. So check it out. Fervent means passionate, burning continually. Which means I have to have a passionate burning. The same way you got a burning to, to go. You ever had a show you rushed home to look at the DVR? Now watch this. It's on the DVR. It's not going anywhere. But yet you get mad at traffic because I'm trying to go watch Empire. That's how you used to watch. I know you don't watch that no more. Whatever you think. Here's the deal. What are you rushing to get to? Because you have a burning, check the principle, a passionate burning urgency to go see what ain't going nowhere. God says, if you can have that about a TV show, I want you to have that about me. So he says, I want you to be effective, but I want you to be fervent, passionate, and burning with urgency continually. It says they avail much. That means they get the intended results done. Got it? But God says, I don't come in, Father. Most, most wonderful and gracious God. I just lift you in my heart, Father. Just lift you up. I just lift you up in my heart, Father, because, Father, God is like, boy, bye. Come to me with some passion. Step to me the way you step to them people on Instagram. Step to me the way you step to other people. Step to me. Don't come to me with passive prayer. Come to me with passion. Where are the passionate people at in here? She said, come to me with burning. Come to me with urgency. Come to me with passion. Say passion. So, so, so watch this. Don't confuse. Now, when I was giving you an analogy, don't confuse that. Well, Bishop, if you're saying if I got to pray loud. No, passion. Passion, watch this. Passion is demonstrated in you being continual about it and being urgent about it. Because you could be real loud and not be passionate. Ah, thank you, God. Ah, move, Jesus. And Jesus is like, we didn't hear anything. Move what you want me to move. That's ineffective because it's not specific. Touch, Lord. I touched 2,000 years ago. I ain't touching nobody else unless you do it. You hear what I'm saying? But how many of y'all, if you, especially if you grew up in church, that's the kind of prayers you heard. And they, and they be, and they be very loud, just ineffective. 
How you know they ineffective? Because they never saw results. <laughs> but the book says that the effective prayers of the righteous, they availeth much. Say, when I pray today, I'm going to get some stuff done. God says, listen, holler and, and watch this and have continual urgency, continual urgency. Continual means all day. Men ought to always pray and it's got to be urgent. I'm, I'm going to pray about that. No, do it now. Don't tell somebody, you know what? I'm going to keep you in my prayers. Pray now. But the next time somebody pray for me, be like, come here. In the name of Jesus. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say prayer isn't a ritual. It gets results. Number two, prayer isn't boring. It's how we access the blesser. Prayer isn't boring. It's how we access the blesser. I remember when I was on the other side of church, I remember people talking about prayer, prayer, prayer. The way they presented it, it sounded boring because I said, y'all just sitting around having a seance ain't getting nothing done. That's the way it was presented. I was like, this is it. Like, what are you talking about? Let's get some stuff done. You sitting up talking about it. I'm the kind of man I'm, I won't be about it. While you still planning, I didn't already put it out. While you still sitting up contemplating, I didn't already bought it. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So when they talk about prayer, I was like this, okay, here, prayer. Because it wasn't presented from a biblical aspect. It was presented from uh, some messed up, jacked up aspect. So say prayer isn't boring. It's how we access the blesser. Talking about Jesus. There are three basic types of prayer. Number one, pray. That's what you, it literally means to ask for yourself, to ask for yourself. Number two, supplication. That's when you pray for other Christians. Third, intercession. This is when you enter the session or the situation of another by prayer. You intercede for non-Christians and those without access to God. So this, watch this. If you grew up in church, you say, oh, I'm just an intercessor. That means you haven't read your Bible. So anybody says that to you, just smile and say, bless your heart. Because that means they don't know what they're talking about. You cannot intercede for a Christian because a Christian can go to God by themselves, for themselves. You supplicate. Think of a supplication like a supplement. I'm only adding to what you're doing. I can't stand and intercede. I can't enter the session that you have in session because you have access to that session on your own. To intercede is for somebody that can't go to God on their own. So three types of prayer. Prayer. Second, supplication. Third, intercession. Now, we engage prayer with these words. Father in Jesus' name. Father in Jesus' name. Okay? So maybe you heard somebody pray, this Lord. Well, which Lord? Because Lord means, Lord means ruler. So watch this. For some people, when they say Lord, they're really talking to their job. For some people, when they say Lord, they're talking to their generational curses. Y'all not talking. For some people, when they say Lord, it just means whoever the ruler is. So you can't just say Lord because it's not specific about what Lord you're talking about. Well, he knows. Well, then why pray? If he knows, then why have us say anything? Are you getting the principle here? Okay, watch this. Watch this. So we engage prayer with Father. Okay, so come on, talk to me, church. Now, watch this. Prayer, when you think about this, when you think about this, uh, think of it as just talking. Okay, now I, I, need, I need you to get that. Because here's what happens for a lot of people is that they try to... Uh, be deep and sound sophisticated. Ooh, we got quiet right there. Our Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, we come to you the most humble way we know how, thanking you that when we woke, our bed, come on, 
and Father. We're just sinners in need of a Savior. Well, I'm not. I'm the righteousness of God. I was a sinner and I sinned. But when Jesus came in and I made that decision, I became the righteousness of God. So we already got a problem because you don't even know who you are. Don't try to sound deep and sophisticated. <laughs> you know, don't try to sound deep and sophisticated. Because this is why some people don't pray. They're like, I don't know what to pray. Because you don't know that it's just talking. You're trying to come up with some deep, oh, you know, some deep, sophisticated, something you saw somebody do. You're like, I like how they pray. What would she say? Well, pray that. That's why when I pray, I try to make it very simple. I just talk and, and say stuff that's like, oh, I get that. Okay. Because it's not trying to be deep. Say, don't, such a name, say, don't be deep. And when you get deep, then God sleeps on your prayers. Okay. Because he's like, you don't know what you mean. And we don't know what you intended for it. So when you figure out what you're talking about, come talk to us later. Okay? Now, be simple. Say simple. But the scripture says that we should be bold. Say bold. Okay. I said, so we don't approach God. The position from which you pray makes a big difference. And you and I, when we pray, we pray as sons and daughters, not as beggars and borrowers. We pray as sons and daughters, not as beggar and borrowers. So watch this. When we approach him, we are approaching, watch this, we are approaching our father. And we're not begging and borrowing. We're his kids. We're just asking for access to what he already gave us. Say, I'm a son and daughter. Okay, so then watch this. When we pray to him, when we speak to him, we, when we communicate with him, we are not going as beggars and borrowers like, you know, like this isn't something we're supposed to be doing. Got it? That's why the scripture says we should boldly approach him. Well, you can't be bold if you're going as a beggar and a borrower. When you watch this, but when you're a son or a daughter, you can be bold. Let me prove it to your parents. Have you ever looked at your child one day because of how bold they were when they asked you for something? I wish that some honest parents, but, and you look like, oh, you clearly got bold. Fine. I'll do it this one time. And they already know your one time means, you know, like 17 more times. Are you, are you catching the principal church? Say bold. Okay, so this is why sometimes men don't pray because sometimes men, watch this, the image that we have of prayer, that's why Jesus said men don't always pray, we talking about everybody, but sometimes the image we have of prayer is that it's this kind of weak, just, you know, God, if you get a moment, if it's no big deal, um, sometimes, I, I remember I, I remember when I'd be eating with a particular family member and they would always say to the, to the waitress or the waiter, they would always say, well, if you get a chance, and I looked at them and said, well, what do you mean if they get a chance? This is their job. No, I'm, I'm just saying, what do you mean? If you get a chance, could you get me a knife? Like, this is their job to go. This is this is the whole concept of being a waiter or a waitress. That's like saying to the cook, if you get a chance, could you cook the chicken? Like, well, this is what you do. So we don't come to God, God, if you get a chance. He's like, give me something to do. Come to me boldly. I want to show myself strong to you. I want to show my power to you. I want to show my greatness to you. Come to me bold. You hear what I'm saying, church? Touch them say, be bold. Third, third, third. We don't have to pray. We get to pray. James 4, 2. He says, you lust and you do not have. Lust just means desire. Now, lust can have a negative connotation depending on the context of how it's used. But lust scripturally just means desire. 
Do you understand that? So lust just means desire. So lust, the word lust itself is not a dirty word. It just means desire. Depending on the context and how it's used, it can, it can change. You lust and you do not have. It says you want and you don't have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. But literally right here he's saying you pull other people down and you still can't get what they have. I know it. You fight and you war. He says you go to war to get stuff. He says, but watch this. Watch this simple part of the verse. Yet, you don't have it because you didn't ask for it. And prayer means to ask. You're stressing over bills. And he says, you never asked me for help. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You're stressing over family problems. And he says, you never invited me in. You just think you know everything. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. He says, you're stressing over this, you're stressing over that. He says, you have not because you, but tonight. That wasn't powerful enough. Say, but tonight. He said, all of your efforts are nice, but you haven't even prayed about it. You didn't even pray about it. You didn't even ask me for grace. You didn't even ask me for guidance. You didn't even ask me for wisdom. So say the battle to pray. Now check this out. So here, uh, say we don't have to pray. We get to pray. So here it is. Watch this. So this is what we talk about in, in, at Harvest. I teach this principle to you, having a targeted prayer list with specific requests and specific deadlines with specific scriptures. Now, now I remember years ago when I taught this concept, someone, someone said, well, I just think that's just, I just think that's legalistic. I said, tell me what you asked God for last week. Well, I don't remember. I said, right. I said, so let's do two things. One, don't ever try to correct me again. And number two, I said, number two, catch a clue. I said, the issue is, is you want to be emotional about this. Now, realizing that how would you even know that God answered your prayer if you don't even know what you asked for? So I says, you're accusing him of being a deadbeat dad, but you don't even remember what you asked him for. It's quiet in here. No, because it really, when they said that, I was like, legal, what's legalistic about writing down what you pray for so when he does it, you can, you can, you can track what's happened. In what business do they just say, come and just do your best? And they don't track anything you do. It's just, well, you, did you give it your all? Okay, well, that's all that matters. No, they're going to go check them numbers. I wish I had an honest church in here. And if them numbers ain't adding up, they're going to say, we need to have a conversation. Let's have a little prayer time. Got it? So say targeted prayer list. On our, on, uh, on our website under prayer is the church's targeted prayer list. And this is what we pray to target as a church. I encourage you to use that as a guideline for building your own targeted prayer list. It's copywritten, so copy it right. Don't go recreating it. Just copy it right, okay? Just copy it right. Okay? Now, watch this, watch this. How will you know he answered your prayers if you can't remember what you prayed? Okay. Now, one of the things you want to do is attach a scripture to every prayer request. Psalm 103.20. We're just about done. Psalm 1. Are you learning? All right. Say the battle to pray. Now, watch this. Sometimes in church we say things like this. Where are my prayer warriors at? I've said it too. Watch this. And here's the deal. From this moment forward, everybody in our church is a prayer warrior. From this moment forward, everybody in our church is a prayer warrior. I know it's Wednesday Night Live, and I'm not saying it on Sunday where all the, you know, majority of church here, but here's the deal. I, I'm just going to just, just, just lay your hands on your seat. Just put your hands on your seat. Say, this is a prayer warrior seat. That way, in my sister and I see, it ain't you next time. That's going to be a prayer warrior seat. Everybody in our church is a prayer warrior. We don't need a department of prayer. 
We shouldn't need a prayer ministry. What that's saying is the rest of the people are too uh, uh, untaught on what they need to do. We're not, uh, so no, no, I think we need to start a prayer ministry. We have one, it's called Harvest. Say, I'm a prayer warrior. All right, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Psalm 103, 20, the verse says, bless the Lord, because you can't just pray, you have to attach scripture to it. Say scripture. And you'll see that in the targeted prayer list. We'll have the request, and then we'll have the dash, and it said according to, that's in so scripture. Bless the Lord, you his what? Who excel in strength. Say they strong. Who do his what? Word. Heeding the voice of his word. Which means when you pray according to his word, the angels think it's him talking. And they stand to attention and they stand in strength to go bring to pass what you pray. But when you pray and stuff and they're like, well, what, what, where is this? What they say? Give them wisdom like who? What? Okay. That's not in here. Verse, it says, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in what? Strength. Which means when you use his word, it makes them stand in strength. Who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So watch this. For those of you who be like, Bishop, I know everything there is to know about prayer. And you still don't have a targeted prayer list? You're missing it. You're missing it because the angels say, we're waiting on some scripture for that. We're waiting to hear some scripture for what you're asking for. Don't just ask for financial breakthrough. He said, we want to hear the scripture about how you're a faithful giver. And because you're a faithful giver, my God shall supply all of my need. Touch your neighbor and say, put a scripture on it. Wrong neighbor. Tell the other one say, put a scripture on it. And then, and then one says, and then I told you, you want to be specific. David with Goliath, he said, this day. Jesus with Lazarus, he said, come forth, imply it now. We pray prayers and we don't pray them specifically, with specificity rather. That's why the scripture says the effective and fervent prayers of the righteous. What do they do? They get stuff done. But think, watch this, watch this. Lord, just bless me. Anybody prayed that over the last 12 months? Just be honest. Okay? So here's what heaven does. We've done that, nothing for us to do. That's done. So then you're like, God just ain't moving. God says, I did that. I already did that. What you want me to do is to fix this situation. But you didn't ask me for that. So I'm going to give you what you asked for. Nothing. Y'all not talking to me. He says, I already did what you asked for. And because your prayer is so vague. Lord, just, Lord, just give me strength. So what do you go through? Hell. How do you get stronger? Resistance. That's why you shouldn't pray stuff. And you're like, yo, just think about it, church. Think about it. Lord, Lord, just, just give me wisdom. Ecclesiastes says that a man that's wise has many sorrows. What does he give you? Pain. So then you'll learn. It's quiet in the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, watch this. Uh, uh, so now, number four, prep for what you prayed for. And we're done. Then we're going to do it. Then we're going to do it. All right, let's just have a recap. Let's have a, let's have a principle recap. Number one, prayer isn't just a ritual. It gets results. Number two, prayer isn't boring. It's how we access the blesser. Number three, we don't have to pray. We get to pray. Number four, here it is. Prep for what you prayed for. Prep for what you prayed for. When a woman gets noticed that uh, a kid's on the way, she begins to prep. 
Now, some of those preparations are forced. Oh, God. Some of those preparations are forced preparations. Because, watch this, the body is adjusting to what it's getting ready to give birth to. There's certain things you've prayed for, and God says, well, this is the prep for that. You prayed to be great, so here's the prep for that, isolation. You prayed for your life to be a testimony, here's the prep for that, a test. You prayed for God to use your life to change the lives of other people, here's the prep for that, drama. Some of that prep is forced. All right, and then he may pray, Lord, just give me just a, just Lord, just, just, just Lord, just, So he's like, fine then, I'm going to just do what I want to. Watch this. Matthew 18, 19. Say prep for what I pray for. It's going to be very practical. Then we're going to do it. Matthew 18, 19. Here's what the text says. Again, read it with me, church. I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. So what is that? Pray for. It will be what? Done for them by my father in heaven. Now check this out. Look at me, church. So when we look at that scripture, we, we see the context. We say the context of this uh, being a scenario uh, where he's dealing with two different people, right? Here's the significance. But you need agreement, not just with other people, but within yourself. To so put the verse back up, watch this. Again, I say to you that if two of you, let's just look at this from another angle. You are a tripart being, your spirit, subconscious mind. So you have a soul. That's your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. You live in a physical body. If two parts of you come on church. Again I say to you that if two parts of you agree on earth concerning anything them two parts of you asked it will be done for them, those two parts. But, okay, let me, let me see if I can say it another way. Let me see if I can say it another way. Because you're a tripart being, your spirit, your soul, and your body must agree. Which means you cannot just pray and not have supporting action. Because faith without works is dead. Faith without works is, faith without works is, okay, so, so, so check this out. I can't just pray for something and not have supporting action for what I prayed for. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Okay, so here's, here's it. Okay, watch this. All right, so let me just, can I give you some examples? She said, Lord, heal me. Change your eating habits. Y'all quiet got in the church? Because we just want to eat whatever we want to eat and say, Lord, fix the sugar. Thank you for the honest people in the congregation. So you just want go to go to your donut spot at 1130 at night and eat it and say, Father, please don't let this affect my carbs. He's like, Mm-mm, we're not even going to be able to do that. But now watch this. If I was to ask your neighbor to raise their hand under the penalty of spiritual perjury, we've all done something. And in doing it, we'd be like, Lord, please don't let this be what it is that I'm doing. We've all done it. Just wink at your neighbor and say, you've done it too. you done it. We've all done it. All right. So you pray to be used greater in ministry. Be faithful. I just want the Lord to use me. Be faithful. He uses the faithful. Not the gifted. A gift don't mean you're going to be used. Faithfulness means you'll be used. Because God will pick somebody that's faithful over somebody that's gifted all day long. 
I don't have time to unpack that, but, but there's the principle. Okay? So people say, I just want to be used greater. You don't even come on time. You don't even come. You won't even serve faithfully. You won't even give faithfully. What exactly do you want him to use you to do? Be an example of what not to be? It's quiet in here. The way, the way to greatness, Jesus said, is through serving. Not through gifting. It's through serving. Not through self-promotion. All right, watch this. Can I give you a couple more examples? And then we're done. You pray to be a millionaire. Oh, I forgot. That's too low. A billionaire. They shouted on that one. Okay, but you have one bank account. And it's only insured up to $250,000. And if you got that kind of money, you want that money insured. Okay, so you got to have uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Banco accounts. Okay, I know that's not Spanish, but just flow with me. Because other than that, your prayer, your prayer is nothing more than an exercise in futility because you've not put any corresponding action with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? All right, watch this. You pray for a new job. Lord, just bless me with a new job. Be excellent at what you're doing. Why would God promote a Deuteronomy 22 tenor? Put that up on the screens in King James so that the congregation can read it. I'm not going to read it. You read it. Once you're ready, read. Okay, there we go. All right. So, so, so you pray for eating, change your eat, uh, pray for healing, change your eating habits. You pray to be used greater ministry, be faithful. You pray to be a millionaire, get your four bank accounts. Got it? Okay. You pray for a new job, be excellent where you're at. Okay, watch this. You pray for a godly husband, ladies. Single ladies. Single ladies. <laughs> You don't even know what a wife is. So if you're nothing more, watch this. I'm not talking about nobody in our church. Somebody you know on social media. If you're nothing more than an upgraded video girl, what exactly is God going to bring you? All right, now let me just deal with single man. Okay, you 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 pray for a godly wife, okay, but you're selfish. Husband, house band, holding stuff together, leader, make it happener, get her doneer. You seeing the point? Okay. Now let me do with married folks. I got single women. I got single men. Let me do with married folks. So you pray, Lord, just give us a better marriage. Okay. Start with basics. Talk at dinner. Start there. Lord, just bless us with a phenomenal marriage, Jesus. Oh, Lord, just do it. And God is like, well, okay, I'm going to go there, and then I'm closing. It's been eight months. <laughs> you want a better marriage? I got you a recipe for a better marriage, married people. You better go turn that music on and say, come here, baby. Come here, I've been waiting on you to get home, baby. Come here. 
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. USAA. 